Welcome um, to uh, our service this morning, whether you're joining us online or indeed um, in person, we bid you a warm welcome this second Sunday um, of Advent. Um, speaking of Advent, we're going to light um, the Advent wreath, um, so if I could have some helpers, that would be fantastic. Um, some of the pedlo ladies are coming up today, I think. So we need to light two, because remember I light one from last week, uh, and then we're going to light uh, one from this week as well. So you help, who hold on to it, Martha, as well? Is that a dangerous thing to do? And we'll go around and we'll do this one here. All right. Super. Brilliant. Fantastic. That's us. As we light the Advent candles, we remember that Advent is a season of preparation. Sometimes we see it as a season of preparation for Christmas. Um, a season whenever we open our little windows and our calendars to take a little piece of chocolate out or whatever. But Advent is a different kind of season of preparation. It's preparing uh, for the Lord coming back again to take his own, his faithful to be with him. Um, and so we're, we're reminded of that as we begin our service today. Let us pray. Father God, we thank you um, that you are with us and that you are present amongst us. We thank you that you are King of kings and Lord of lords, that you are in your rightful place this morning. And so as we come in this season of preparation, in all that we do in this moment as we set time aside to be with you, we thank you for that space and for that opportunity. But within that space and the opportunity we have over the next few moments with you, we pray that as we prepare our hearts and our minds that we would be open to what you would do with us this morning and amongst us this morning. Help us to cast our focus always towards you. Less of us and more of you, we pray. In Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Um, some verses of Scripture. Uh, this is how God showed his love amongst us, that he sent his one and only Son into the world that we might live through him. He himself bore our sins in his body on the cross so that we might die to sin and live for righteousness, declaring that by his wounds you have been healed. The reading today is from the book of the prophet Isaiah, chapter 40, beginning at the first verse. And it's entitled, the section, Comfort for God's People. Comfort, comfort my people, says your God. Speak tenderly to Jerusalem and proclaim to her that her hard service has been completed, that her sin has been paid for, that she has received from the Lord's hand double for all her sins. A voice of one calling, in the desert prepare the way for the Lord. Make straight in the wilderness a highway for our God. Every valley shall be raised up, every mountain and hill made low. The rough ground shall become level and the rugged places a plain. And the glory of the Lord will be revealed and all mankind together will see it. For the mouth of the Lord has spoken. A voice says, cry out. And I said, what shall I cry? 
All men are like grass, and all their glory is like the flowers of the field. The grass withers, and the flowers fall, because the breath of the Lord blows on them. Surely the people are grass. The grass withers, and the flowers fall, but the word of our God stands forever. You who bring good tidings to Zion, go up on a high mountain. You who bring good tidings to Jerusalem, lift up your voice with a shout. Lift it up. Do not be afraid. Say to the sons of Judah, here is your God. See, the sovereign Lord comes with power, and his arm rules for him. See, his reward is with him, and his recompense accompanies him. He tends his flock like a shepherd. He gathers the lambs in his arms and carries them close to his heart. He gently leads those that have young. Thank you, Alan. Um, so we're in that little uh, moment. Um, we've just finished a series of the men of faith. Um, we're now in that Advent season before, uh, in one sense, we move uh, into the, the Christmas season next week with many of our Christmas services um, next Sunday. But you'll hear more about that later on today. So um, today's passage comes from the prophet Isaiah, as we've just heard. Uh, and this is the kind of um, the prophecy um, of Jesus um, coming. Uh, the description, uh, one of the descriptions in Isaiah um, of the Savior that will come um, to save Israel. Uh, as we mentioned that we were talking about the Advent wreath a little bit earlier, um, Advent's that season um, for chocolate and calendars. Um, uh, the Ballymena man in me kind of sometimes looks at Advent calendars um, and you want to go for the wee ones that are the pound. Then sometimes you bring them home if you get them and you come home with them, you open them up and you taste the chocolate and you think, oh, for goodness sake. <laughs> that have been better off buying the dearer one because that chocolate's absolutely, no, not nice. Um, but this year seems to... The whole um, commercial outlet of Advent calendars seems to have taken a whole, I don't know, certainly this year I've thought it's taken a whole new level. You could have an Advent calendar with you want, whatever you want in behind the door um, this particular year. Um, and so in one sense, the world, the commercial world around us sells us Advent as um, something that's the countdown to Christmas. Um, we started on the 1st of December and we count our way down to Christmas Day. Um, but... As we mentioned earlier, the season of Advent in terms of the Christian calendar is a time of preparation, yes, but a preparation of our hearts and our minds for the coming again of the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords. It's a time of solemn preparation. It's a time whenever, um, yes, there's lots of festivities happening around us. There's lots of Christmas parties and goodwill to all men and all of those things is happening around us and that hype is all building as we travel towards Christmas Day. But there's an also a point in, in us as Christians, there's a, there's a point in the Christian um, calendar that says Advent is a time whenever we pause, and we reflect, we take time to remember that this is not all that there is. There is still so much more yet to come. It's a time whenever we prepare our hearts and our minds for the coming of a king. And we'll hear that. We hear that phrase at Christmas, don't we? The coming of a king. He came as a baby in a manger. And I found over the years that actually 
as the world becomes uh, and the culture around us becomes less and less open to the things of Christianity and the things of God, the Christmas season is still a season whenever uh, their doors open. People want and are okay talking about a little baby who came in a manger. Uh, still, even if they don't believe the truth uh, and the power of the Christmas story, they're still okay talking about it uh, because we can go and see wee Jimmy in his nativity play at school and we can go and see wee Sarah as she sings in the choir somewhere else and Christmas is a lovely period because the lights are around everybody's houses and it's just such a lovely time. Huh. Easter, completely different conversation because it seems to be filled with a, nobody wants to seem to celebrate uh, the death and the awfulness of the crucifixion. And so the doors get closed. And so Advent is actually a season filled with great opportunity for us as individual Christians and as a church to declare that Jesus is King and he is coming again. Isaiah chapter 40, verse 3 says, A voice of one calling in a desert, Prepare the way of the Lord, make straight in the wilderness a highway for our God. And whenever you do that, sometimes you might feel as if you're a voice crying in the wilderness. I believe in God. I believe not only in God and in what he can do today, but I believe he's going to come back. And sometimes you feel as if your voice is just simply drifting off into the air and disappearing. The prophet Isaiah many centuries ago said for those of us who declare that, it might just be like a voice in the wilderness. That's probably why he's called the prophet Isaiah. But we can see the power that is contained in the king. Isaiah declares it in verse 4. Every valley will be raised up, every mountain and hill made low. The rough ground shall become level and the rugged places a plain, and the glory of the Lord will be revealed, and all mankind together will see it, for the mouth of the Lord has spoken. Every valley made high and every mountain made low. That's the prophet Isaiah declaring the dramatic impact that the Lord can have over the created universe. We couldn't simply go to the morns and bulldoze them um, into the silent valley and think that's all right because we're making the valleys high and the mountains low. We couldn't do it. But what the prophet Isaiah is saying is that with the Lord all things are possible. He can do those things and the coming of the Lord will be like that. And yes, This is the prophet Isaiah declaring that the Lord is coming for the first time. But we also see that this has such resonance with what it will mean for the Lord who comes back again. And so we are to cry, make way. Make way for the King of kings and the Lord of lords. We're to declare that with everything that we do and say. Where we declare that verbally and loudly, where we declare that in our actions and how we help people and how we show people and how we bring challenge into situations and conversations where things are not quite right. We are making way for Jesus to be about his business and do his work with his power and his presence. But it's really hard to find words, James. 
I don't always have the words to do that. Whenever I find myself in those moments, the words just don't seem to come. Well, it feels as if the prophet Isaiah knows exactly that you might feel like that. Because in first fix, first fix, in verse 6, he says, A voice cries out, and I said, What shall I cry? The Lord is telling him, You're the voice that's going to cry out. And the prophet Isaiah is going, What am I supposed to say? And I know I find myself in those places sometimes. I know it's hard to believe, but I am lost for words sometimes. Uh, maybe you feel like that too. And uh, maybe you don't take the opportunity to declare that we need to make way for Jesus because you're a little bit fearful that you won't have the words to say or the actions to do and you won't know what to do in those moments. But the Lord will lead you in those moments. He will give you those words as he says in the book of Romans, the Spirit will intercede on your behalf and the Spirit will give you the words that are unutterable to you in that moment. So with all the fear and the trembling, take the opportunity to declare that Jesus is coming again. He can only come again because He has already been. He can only come again because he has already been born, lived, died, rose again, and is resurrected and ascended in his rightful place in the heavenly throne room. He can only come again because he has already done all that is necessary for your salvation, for my salvation. There's nothing that you and I can do to earn that because he has already done that. That's what we will remember in a few moments as we draw around his table. And we remember that life and that sacrifice that he brings to us. In fact, he commanded us, didn't he, to do this in remembrance of him until he comes again. So why is he coming back? If we can receive that power, if we can receive his presence here and now, why is Jesus coming back? Why do we celebrate that? Why do we focus on that? Why do we remember and reflect on that in this Advent season? The Scriptures are clear. He says He is coming back to take those who know Him and love Him, who are His own, to be with Him forever. His coming back, that great day, and there's lots of imagery in the book of Revelation, and we need to remember that the book of Revelation is that space and that place uh, where it creates imagery that casts us forward and into a space where we can try to imagine what it might be and what it might look like, but it's imagery. So with that sense that this day is going to be, as the Scriptures say, unmistakable. There's so much prophecy, especially at the moment uh, around with the Israel and the the Palestine conflict around when the Lord is going to come back. We know that. That's been happening for decades, for centuries, that people have tried to give us dates and times as to when that's going to happen. We also know from the reading of Scripture that not even the Son knows the day that that's going to happen, but the Father only. And so actually it's not about trying to predict when it's going to happen. It's about being ready for it coming. And that day will be so unmistakable 
that we won't have to think, hmm, is that Jesus? Mm, not sure. Scriptures tell us that the heavens will be rendered open and the whole world will know that he has come. So are you ready for his coming? Because the answer to that question will not only shape your future, but it will shape your today. There is no other name under heaven by which anybody can be saved. comes a moment in our lives whenever everything else falls away. There comes a moment in our lives whenever everything else seems so insignificant that the only thing that we can focus on is Jesus. That we realize that I am a dirty, rotten human being. And there's nothing that I can do to try to make myself clean. And the devil will whisper that in your ear over and over and over again. But try. Just try to do it for yourself. You'll never get there, Bob. You're never going to be perfect enough. And that is true. You'll never be perfect enough. And that's the beauty of the Christian story. That's the beauty of the cross of Calvary. We don't need to be perfect. He meets us in our frailty, in our humanity, and he picks us up from being a dirty, rotten human being. And he says, I see something in you that I love and that I want to know, and you're going to be mine. And that's the moment where we say sorry, where we repent of our sins, and we receive Jesus as our Savior. And in doing that, there's a freshness and a newness arise within us. And a freshness and a newness that allows us to live for today and to look for the future in the knowledge that when he returns, I will be ready. So are you ready? Because one of the most sobering things is the duty of a clergyman, as some would say, is the standing at a gravesite. And before I pray the prayer of committal, I speak some of these verses from the prophet Isaiah in this passage today. All men are like grass. And all their glory is like the flowers of the field. 
the grass withers and the flowers fall because the breath of the Lord blows them away. The grass withers and the flowers fall, but the word of our God stands forever. This is a temporal world in which we live. The things that we concern ourselves of and around us will one day fall away. And the only question that will matter is what have you done with Jesus? That's why the rest of this passage of Scripture often does, does not leave us hanging. It brings in the good news I bring you good news of glad tidings. Go up to the high mountains. You bring good tidings in Jerusalem. Lift up your voice with a shout. Lift it up and be not afraid. See, the sovereign Lord comes with power. His arm rules for him. He sees reward and his recompense accompanies him. He tends his flock like a shepherd. He gathers lambs in his arms and he carries them close to his heart. He gently leads those who have young. In other words, Jesus will be with us when we come to him. That's the good news that is available for us today. That's the good news that we receive and remember as we come to kneel here today. I'll think about that some other day, James. <laughs> Plenty of time yet. I'm not going to use lots of those preachers' adages at this point about what the future might hold for any one of us. Because we know. And we might say this is the prophet Isaiah writing centuries ago. But as it says here, the word of God stands forever. And it speaks into our hearts and our minds with a renewed resonance today. For this moment, for you, for I, for us. So will you make Jesus the king of your life today? Let's pray together. Father God, thank you that you are present and that you hold us close. Lord, as your spirit has been moving and convicting within our hearts and our minds today, Give us courage and strength to respond to what you've spoken to us, over us, and for us. May the kingdom of heaven grow in this place, this day. In your name we pray. Amen. Let's hear the blessing before we go. May the peace of God, which passes all understanding, Keep your hearts and minds in the knowledge and love of God and of His Son, Jesus Christ our Lord. May the blessing of God Almighty, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit rest upon each one of us this day and forevermore. Amen. Amen.